Welcome, sister, and thank you for sitting down with me today to talk about the book, Dignity and the Death Penalty, Evolution of Catholic Teaching. Session two delves into the arguments for and against the death penalty. You even share an experience from your own life where you were dismissed from a jury pool for maintaining that the death penalty was state-sanctioned homicide. What are some false assumptions that people might make about imprisonment or about the death penalty and about people who commit violent crimes? Yeah, well, a number of those assumptions were stoked through fear that when the death penalty was put back in 76 by the Supreme Court and when it was touted by politicians about how evil some of these murderers were, that we were only gonna go for the worst of the worst murders, how evil we couldn't put them in prison, they'd kill other inmates, other guards. So there was an assumption there of some people who by their very character about what they have done are so evil that what we have to do as a society is to kill them, to terminate their lives. And that's what drove the death penalty. Politically, the way it parlayed was, you got votes by being tough on crime, the tougher the better, and so there was widespread support for the death penalty. That was in the 80s when I began to get involved. And then when Dead Man Walking came out in 93, 80% of the American public supported the death penalty. Mm -hmm. And there was a terrible statistic in the 80s that the more people went to church, the more they believed in the death penalty. And that was an assumption that God didn't mind punishing people for their sins. God's own son had been sacrificed for the sins of the world. And that kind of gave the blessing on the death penalty, that those who had done terrible crimes would give their lives and thereby they could be safe. He had all those things floating around. Wow. So what does it mean to forgive or show mercy to someone who has been convicted of a serious crime? And how receptive do, do you find people to this idea? Well, the first people, you know, who give forgiveness or withhold it are the victims, not the American public as such. Oh, well, we'll have mercy on these people. We do want to reach a point where we can see, and this is human rights, pure human rights, that we can recognize even in someone who has done an unspeakable crime, that there's a humanity in them and that they are worth more than the worst thing they've ever done. And where mercy comes into it or compassion comes into it is to acknowledge that human beings do terrible things. Compassion also means those of us that are protected, those of us that are privileged who never do crimes, we just want to watch to have a kind of attitude of arrogance. I would never do that. What we want to do is to treat people who have done crimes and have gone to prison as human beings and look more to a restorative justice than just imposing pain, long years of exile, separating families and making them suffer. When we have a desire to simply make a person suffer because they made other people suffer, which is the opposite of mercy, that is not of God. And that is not of the gospel that Jesus preaches to us and teaches us by his own example. So how do you respond to those who argue that the threat of execution deters people from committing violent crimes? That was the first thing out there when they put the death penalty back in the, in the early 80s. What's Everybody wants to preserve their life. Self-preservation is the deepest things in, inside a human being. So what could be a greater deterrent if, hey, I'm getting ready to kill somebody, now think, ooh, I could be killed. 
And if it, it saved lives, it's bound to deter people. Through experience over these 40 years, we have found out the police chiefs twice were given a list of remedies to stop violence. They all put the death penalty dead last. Why? Because in order to deter a person, they have to be thinking of the consequences of their actions. And the way the police chiefs put it very succinctly, the people doing the thinking and the people doing the acting when they murder somebody are two separate sets of people. So you could threaten to boil people in oil if they're not thinking of consequences. And most murders, as one of the wardens in Louisiana State Penitentiary told me one time, you know who may, by and large makes our best prisoners? Trustees in this prison are those that murdered somebody. They didn't know when they got up in the morning they were gonna murder anybody. This is not to downplay the seriousness of murder when a life is taken, but most of those actions do not come out of reflection or, oh, will I get life or will I get death? There's no reflection at all in almost all of the circumstances. Wow. Thank you so much, Sister Prejean.